fellow humans. I'm Janine Strong, and you're listening to Keeping It Real with Janine, your guide to living an authentic, healthy life. Thank you for being here. I am very excited to have someone who, uh, well, a friend of mine calls her a force of nature, and she's a really amazing woman. Her name is Dr. Holly Fortock. Now, and did I pronounce your last name correctly, Holly? Yeah, but nobody uses it. <laughs> okay, Dr. Holly. <laughs> okay, Dr. Holly has seven degrees and three designations in all different healing modalities. She left med school because they were so far behind. She was surprised how far behind naturopathy was as well and left that after the second year. She's a doctor of natural medicine, doctor of psychology. Uh, her latest PhD was in nutrition, where she identified the biochemistry for cellular healing. She also has an MA in herbal medicine and on and on and on. She's got a, a, a CV as long as your arm. Holly is also a scientist, international professional speaker, teacher, and the author of 30 books. My goodness. 30, actually. How many? Over 30. I'm not oh. sure. <laughs> Over 30. Wow. She talks every Wednesday at noon on News for the Soul. Is that a radio show? It's done through the computer, newsforthesoul.com, okay. which goes through New York and out around the world. Oh, cool. I'm going to have to start listening to that. that. Follow that one. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. So to finish your little, your, your intro, Holly brings her skills to you in, well, she has a mobile health clinic, which um, we were just talking about since the, uh, pandemic started. She hasn't really been doing that, but she does have a clinic and uh, she can identify, she has a system that can identify thousands of variables with better validity and reliability than a blood test. And she can come up with a treatment plan that's specifically for you. So personally, I'm excited to know more about how she does this because I think that's amazing. And I, as many people, have my health issues. Um, but we would, we're going to talk about today how to reverse the effects of what I call the jab or the shot. And I also want to get her perspective on terrain versus germ theory, as I've been wanting to talk about that on the podcast for a long time. So we'll just see where the conversation goes. Hi, Dr. Holly. Hi, Darren. Thank you for having me. And for <laughs> who's listening. I'll just give you a brief summary of why I have such a passion about health and so many degrees. Sure, please. I was born with a genetic disorder. Uh, if you have it on one side, it's no big deal. The other side can compensate. But when you have it on both sides, which is one, very, very rare. And two, most people are dead by the time they're 25. Most people haven't passed high school, graduated mm. from high school. In addition to that, I had a cancer. Uh, ovarian tumor the size of a hardball at the age of 22. They told me I needed surgery immediately. It was fatal. I didn't have the surgery, and three and a half weeks later, they couldn't find it. At 25, I burnt the corneas of my eyes, and they told me I'd be blind by the time I was 30. I needed to go take lessons on how to be blind. I said, I don't think so. Wow. I went back a year and a half later and had 2019 vision, which is better than your 2020. Um, in my 30s, I had polymyalgia. That's having osteoarthritis, tumor, uh rheumatoid arthritis, and fibromyalgia, incredibly painful. I was oh taking two, three, four, Tylenol, three with codeine, three and four times a day, just trying to function. I had several multi-million dollar businesses, 100 employees and 50 trucks, and I had to keep going until I started coughing up blood. 
Wow. So I had to resolve that. And then in my 40s, I had a disintegrating spine. They told me I would probably in the next five, four years, I would need five surgeries, putting plates and screws, holding it together because it was disintegrating so fast. I've never had any of those surgeries. So those are a few of the issues I've had. I don't think they're all to do with my genetic disorder. Personally, I think they're to do with all the pharmaceuticals I was given growing up to try to control all the seizures I had. I had Five, six, seven mornings out of seven, I woke up with myoclonic seizures that would develop into grand mal seizures. We tried everything we could trying to stop those. Anyways, as a consequence, you can understand now why I have such a passion about health. And I look at all the different modalities around the world. I've trained in Germany and in India as well as North America, trying to find ways to resolve my problem. But in the <laughs> process, finding ways to help everybody else as well. That happens a lot, I think, where someone becomes passionate about an area because it also is personal. Absolutely. absolutely. Actually, I went into university to become an astrophysicist and came, came out a psychologist. <laughs> then went into medicine. I was like, I've been around the mulberry bush. And when my companies, people think, well, your companies must have had something to do with health. Uh, no, I had a trucking company, a warehouse and distribution company. I designed accounting programs and had an accounting business. Nothing to do with health. Wow. So I have actually been sort of around the mulberry bush, but um, always come back to health issues. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, in today's world, with the latest narrative that we've been dealing with for the last couple of years, it's become a huge issue. Now, you brought up terrain versus germ or germ versus terrain theory, and that's a really good place to start because that controversy started back in the 1800s with Pasteur and Bernard. Mm -hmm. And Bernard said and proved repeatedly, and Pasteur couldn't repeat his experiments, didn't come out the way he wanted them to. But what Bernard was able to show was that pathogens can't survive in a healthy environment. The bacteria, viruses, molds, whatever that survive in a healthy environment are the ones that actually benefit our body. Makes sense. So just people say, well, hold on a minute. We don't have good bacteria or viruses or whatever, do we? Well, yeah, there's over 35,000 different species of bacteria in your gut that help you. Help you. In fact, some of the enzymes and neurotransmitters I don't make I make sure I have that, eat that kind of food that provide me with that type of bacteria so the bacteria can make it for me. Mm -hmm. They're hugely important. And that's fairly recent understanding. When I was in naturopathic college back in 2003, four, five, at that point, there was like 500 species that had been identified and they were basically considered useless. A little <laughs> bit more effective according to naturopathic, but entirely ineffective according to Western allopathic or Western conventional medicine. Now we know there's over 35,000 different species. Your mm -hmm. stool will have a particular profile of microbiota or bacteria that is personal to you, just like your fingerprint. Most people have about 70, 80 to 80 different species, not 35,000. But that 70 to 80 can be taken out of the bank, if you want, of 35,000 different species. And that's just in your gut alone. Hmm. It's not on your skin. It's not in the other organs, et cetera, et cetera. That's just your gut. So if we look at the bacteria in your gut, the vast majority are good guys. And they're helping you not only keep the bad guys under control, but doing all kinds of metabolistic kind of things for you, processes for you. Mm -hmm. Now, if that's just the bacteria. There's 10 times more viruses than there are bacteria. 
And viruses are known to control or direct 48% of your DNA. So most of the guys that we have in us that aren't us are beneficial to us, which is pretty phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Now, that's what Bernard was saying. Of course, he didn't have all those numbers available to him back in the 1800s. But that was his theory, and that's what all his experiments showed. Pasteur, on the other hand, was trying to show that no matter how healthy or unhealthy a system was, it didn't matter. It was the germ that was the problem. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't prove that. In fact, on his deathbed, he has been said to say what I'm not sure the exact words, but said that Bernard's theory, the terrain was everything. The mm-hmm. pathogen wasn't. Great. So that is a really interesting concept, considering that the whole of Western conventional medicine is based on germ theory. Right. The germ that causes the problem. Consequently, they don't push how to develop your immune system, how to encourage healthy processes in the body. Your immune system is a phenomenal system, very complicated system, has very many different divisions. And works integratively together, but is incredibly complicated and incredibly effective, if given the chance. But when we deplete our immune system, and we can deplete it in so many ways, not only the toxins in the atmosphere, whether or not you believe in chemtrails, there's a ton of toxins in the atmosphere. There's a ton of toxins in our water system. In fact, we only test for seven different issues in the water. In Mexico, they test for 38 different issues. Oh, my goodness. Like, why aren't we doing that? Not only that, say in the lower mainland where I'm from, most of our water comes out of Vancouver. The water is tested in Vancouver near the source. Well, the problem is that the infrastructure for water that goes all the way out through the valley is deteriorating. It's incredulously Mm. old. So we're getting all kinds of copper toxicity and what have you in the water because of a deteriorating infrastructure. But nowhere else in the valley do they test the water. So by the time it gets to us, who knows how bad the water is? Jeez, really? That's just one example. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, we have our food. Well, we know our food is loaded with insecticides and pesticides and herbicides and POPs. We also know that it's nutrient deficient, predominantly because there's not enough magnesium in the soils. Mm -hmm. Not enough of other minerals as well, but predominantly magnesium because the plants, just like us, need magnesium to do hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands and thousands of different processes. So we're not getting the nutrient from the plants. We're getting toxicity. Right. Then on top of that, we have the body now deteriorating. It compensates and compensates and compensates. And now those pathogens that historically might not have been able to invade the body can because the immune system is so depleted. So you go to your family physician. He gives you drugs, whether they're antibiotics, antidepressants, oral contraceptives, whether they be um, for diabetes or high blood pressure, whatever they happen to be for. You should know 99% of drugs, pharmaceutical drugs, deplete the body of nutrients. So you've come into the doctor with an already compromised system. He provides you with a synthetic pharmaceutical that not only depletes the body of nutrients, but causes all kinds of other issues. That just doesn't make sense. So we go back to mm-hmm. Pasteur and Bernard and look at what they said. Even Pasteur agreed with Bernard. It is the terrain. So we need to build up that terrain. So because of that, I'll just put it in the side here. 
I have been teaching for a good seven, eight years, grow your own food. Take out those lawns and grow your own food. If you live in an apartment or a townhouse or whatever, I don't care if it's on a patio, on a deck, whatever, your windowsills, start growing herbs. Start growing your own foods as much as you can so you can actually get the nutrition so that you can support the terrain mm-hmm. and prevent the pathogen or the germ. That's huge. Nowadays, we have an additional component, again, going on that same aside of growing your own foods. What about the chemtrails? Mm-hmm. Okay, so say you ripped up your lawn and you put in some berry bushes and some fruit trees and whether you use raised garden beds or the ground, whatever, you start to grow your own fruits and vegetables. And now you have to deal with the chemtrails. Right. Because the chemtrails or whatever else is in our atmosphere which we know is hugely polluted and actually depleted in oxygen. We don't have as much oxygen in our atmosphere that we used to have. Is that from the chemtrails? That's from a wide variety of things. And they say it actually started before the chemtrails, but then there's argument about when the chemtrails started. So I'm not going to address that specifically. Mm. I don't know the answer. Mm -hmm. We just know in today's world, and for a long time, we have had sufficiently depleted oxygen in the atmosphere And the healthy electromagnetic fields that you get from the earth, the earth isn't providing them as much as they used to. In fact, we're significantly depleted there. So between the atmosphere and the soil and the lack of nutrient in the plant, in the ground, Mm -hmm. how does the plant grow healthy (laughs) in order to give you something healthy? Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, well, we have all these factors and I keep trying to find solutions to the issues. So now what we are promoting is garage growing. Now, granted, if it's you don't have a house, you can't do a garage. But we're teaching people, leave the car outside. That's not as important as your health. True. And change your garage, or at least a portion of your garage, into a garden. Now, yes, you have to use grow lights. You need ventilation. You might need to have heat in the winter time, depending on whether you have what's called a cool garden garage versus a heated garden garage. And... If you can grow it in a garage, of course, you could grow it in a spare room or an office or the bathroom or wherever you have extra space. Yeah, I was thinking a basement, too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Just get the proper grow lights. Mm -hmm. As long as you've got ventilation and grow lights and a good, healthy soil, you are mostly in control of what you're giving that plant. So now the plant has a healthy terrain. If the plant has a healthy terrain, it can help give you a healthy terrain. Mm-hmm. That being the case, you have a much higher probability of warding off the germs. Now, there's always been, in everything I've ever read historically, it's a or. Do you believe in germ theory or terrain theory? And I don't know that it's actually an or question. Mm-hmm. I agree. Probably more of a percentage mm-hmm. in that. And I always use the numbers, and I have no actual scientific data for this. This is just my hypothesis. It's probably about 95% terrain mm-hmm. and maybe 5% germ. Because if a germ was unknown enough, if it impacted fast enough in our system before the innate and the adaptive immune systems could jump on board and work with it, then it might surpass our ability. Now, another component to that is in the last 100 years, we've made over 100,000 different synthetic compounds, toxic compounds. Mm. 70% of those are found in the household. 
our bodies weren't designed to deal with those either. So not only do we have the insecticides, the pesticides, the uh, herbicides, we've got the POPs. Now we've got all the toxins in the atmosphere, the depleted nutrients in the atmosphere as well as the soil. And on top of that, we have all these synthetic compounds that we use to wash our face and hair and hands or to clean our house or actually in our food and our drink. Mm-hmm. So the body is inundated with crapola. Yeah. <laughs> Word, that it's never been designed to deal with right so considering how depleted we are just as a universal species it would be easier for a pathogen to take hold right because we just don't have the health in our system that we had historically well and i'd like to point something out too that connects with what you're saying that and i hadn't thought of this until i well, maybe a year ago, and I read something about it, but even it starts as a baby. If you're crawling on the floor, and the floor that you're crawling around on has been cleaned with chemicals, um, you're taking that in through your skin, and the poisoning starts. Actually, I'll challenge you on that, Janine. Sure. It starts at the point of conception. Mm. How toxic is dad's system? creating the sperm, how toxic is mom's system supporting the fetal development? Mm-hmm. What's in her blood that's going into the fetus? What's in her breast milk when she, when she come out that's going into the fetus, the young child? Mm-hmm. And it's not just what's on the floor going through the skin, but think about how children explore their environment with their mouth. Yes. Now, historically, kids sat in a sandbox and you know ate dirt and did all kinds of things but it was a lot healthier then mm-hmm. it had minerals and, and good sources of good stuff in it now it's all toxic so we're raising our you know from conception on we're raising the fetus and the child in an incredibly toxic environment that it doesn't have a chance to stand on which is why we have such an incredibly sick culture that is taking so many pharmaceutical drugs and getting sicker and sicker mm-hmm Mm-hmm. which I think supports the whole terrain theory. Right. And if I may add, because I'm a, an animal person also, think of your pets too, all the vaccines that they get that they don't need. And, and your pets are walking on these floors with all these chemicals on them. They're cleaning their feet with their tongue, right? And they're taking in all of this stuff. And no wonder they have so many health problems. Absolutely. In fact, I used to have a oh, most incredible dog you can imagine he was 50 percent timberwolf and 50 percent white shepherd mm. just walk up to the table and put his huge head right on the table <laughs> he'd get in trouble for it but he, I mean, <laughs> he was a big dog cuddly as all get out most affectionate dog you can imagine but when he was outside he would always be rubbing his nose against the sliding glass doors into the kitchen mm. So I stopped using Windex. I mm-hmm. thought, geez, you know, that's toxic to the poor nose. I started using vinegar and I, oh, hold on a minute. I only did that once and thought, geez, that's got a low pH. I don't know what the pH of the vinegar is going to do to his nose. It may be natural, but it's still a low pH and acidic. Mm-hmm. So that, I think it's called Norway, Nor, 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 Nordell. There's a company out there, so it's North something. Shoot, I can't think of what it is now. And they had, it was at the time, my neighbor had one of those uh, parties and brought in all these products from this company. And it had a cloth that was $15 that you washed windows. And I'm like, for crying out loud, who's going to pay $15? <laughs> <laughs> the 
thing was, you don't need anything by but water and you just wring it out. Well, that was 1995. I still have that same cloth today. We never use Windex. We never use ammonia. We never use vinegar. We use that cloth. Wow. And all the mirrors and glass and windows in the house are cleaned with that. And it protected my dog's nose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think somebody told me about that just not too long ago. I'm going to have to think about who that was because I had the same reaction. I'm like, what? I'm not going to pay that. But now with your little testimonial here, maybe I will. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the name. It's N-O-R something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, like Norway. It's a real simple concept. But anyways, they were one of the first companies. That, they are an MLM. And they were one of the first companies that came out with all these really terrific products that the cloth that you use in the kitchen has um, silver in it, colloidal silver mm-hmm. in it. So that they did experiments showing washing, you know, cutting a chicken on your counter and then washing it with a regular dishcloth and then washing it with one of theirs and then putting it under a um, microscope and looking at the difference. And it was like, holy cow, that's phenomenal. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I have a spray uh, nano silver that I keep in the kitchen for the counters. Well, I do too, because I make it myself. I make mm-hmm. it over myself, which I think every community should have someone making colloidal silver. It's so good for so many things. Right. But uh, again, it's the terrain. Mm-hmm. It is not the germ. It's the terrain. And that's a really good example. All those germs coming out of the chicken and the chicken blood and whatever that's all over the counter can't survive in a healthy terrain. Mm-hmm. Being the cloth that has the colloidal silver in it. Right. And, you know, I also wanted to bring up when you're talking about terrain, I remember when Monsanto came out with Roundup and glyphosate, they said that it didn't harm the the cells in the in the body and that it was safe. Well, my understanding is no, it didn't harm the cells, but it harmed the bacteria. It it does something to destroy the shikimate pathway in the bacteria. And the bacteria are part of our the good bacteria in our body are part of our terrain. And that was what the glyphosate destroys. Absolutely. And people I'll have going further on that, uh, probably 90, 95% of people that come into my clinic that think that they're gluten intolerant, it's not gluten at all, it's the biophosphates. Yes, I'm so glad you said that because I am not on the non-gluten bandwagon. I, I, it just doesn't feel right to me. I've had so many clients that have gone to Europe for conferences or holidays or to visit family or whatever. And I say, okay. Now that we've got you doing this, why don't you try this over in Europe? Eat your pastas, eat your breads, eat you know, whatever. Yep. Uh-huh. If you have any reaction. And they, I've had 100% come back and say, no, I had no problem at all. Right. I try to eat only organic pasta and stuff. But if it's from Italy, I don't care. I'll buy lots of Italian pasta because I, I feel like it's safe. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, going down another road is, do you know who bought out Monsanto? Uh, bear. bear. Yeah. 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 Pharmaceutical company that actually bought out one of the most evil, toxic companies in the world. I know. I think the pharmaceutical companies are, are unless we can change things, they're on track to own just about everything along with their, you know, BlackRock and City Street and mm-hmm. Black Vanguard. Vanguard, Vanguard yep. Black Rock, City Street, yep. They own everything. I, you know, people 
laugh when there's competition. And of course, the classic competition is Pepsi Cola and Coca Cola. And it's like, yeah, well, they're owned by the same company. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like Fox News and CNBC and MSNBC and all that. They're all owned by the same. Uh, I think that's five. What is it? Five companies own all of them. They're in different uh, share distributions, but the same five companies. Yeah. <laughs> like, OK, so do you care? <laughs> yeah. We live in a huge distortion of reality, which is really sad. And the whole fact that. Rockefeller basically bought out the Western medical system back in 1928. Mm-hmm. And they did, you know, eliminated homeopathics and they eliminated naturopathic and, you know, they eliminated one system after another, trying to take control and make people dependent on these pharmaceutical drugs. So I'll give you another example of how horrific they can be. Please. Um, men are very often diagnosed with an enlarged prostate over the age of 60. Mm-hmm. Now we can we know typically why that happens. Not everything follows the same rule of thumb, but the most general process is that you don't have enough glutathione in your liver to regulate the estrogen. Of course, we have a huge amount of phytoestrogens, pseudoestrogens, et cetera, in our diet. Mm-hmm. So what the body, the male body does is push those excess estrogens down into the prostate. So now the prostate has extra particling in it in addition to which estrogen is a growth hormone. So now they have an enlarged prostate. They go to the doctor because they're peeing all night. Doctor puts them on a pharmaceutical drug. Well, 80% of the pharmaceuticals for an enlarged prostate are known to cause prostate cancer. (laughs) Jeez. Why would you take them? We can get, just by putting you on a simple diet, we can usually get rid of it in a month. Wow. And also I've been using this terahertz technology. And my understanding is that one of the things that it, um, that it works really well for is the uh, prostate enlargement. Mm-hmm. Because it affects the estrogens. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So we can wow. go on and on about all kinds of different things that support that if you have a healthy terrain, you don't get sick. Now that's not to say you'll never get sick because it actually has a naturopathic rule of thumb. And actually, I did. Uh, There's two reasons I quit Nature Catholic College. One, I, my seizures started up again. It was just mm. too much for my little old brain. And Nature Catholic College is uh, eight years condensed into four because I'd been out of med school for so long. I had to take two years of pre med in my first year. So now I'm taking four years in one year mm. at the age of 45. And I had to continue running my uh, psychology clinic to pay for it. <laughs> my body just said no it ain't happening i actually got sick that lasted uh i got sick i had a menstrual cycle that lasted for nine months and wouldn't stop <gasps> oh my god and my seizures started up again and it's like shoot <laughs> i started having petty mal seizures in class scared the living daylights out of me oh and so um there was that issue <laughs> And there was another issue. I had five questions I asked every prof in the first two years, and not one prof had done enough current research to have the right answers. Mm. It's like, shoot, I'm paying all this money, and you guys don't even keep up with your research? I <laughs> was med school. Med school, they, they actually took me aside in med school and asked me to please stop asking questions. <laughs> oh, God. I had already been teaching at uh, SFU, Simon Fraser University and Fraser Valley College, and I encouraged the questions. So I'm looking at, well, okay, what's wrong with the questions? I don't get it. 
Like, should I be asking, say, neuroanatomy and neuroendocrinology? Or you know, if I shut up and wait, they'll be answered later on the course and I'm disrupting. And what's wrong with the questions? Help me understand. And they said, well, that's not the problem. You know too much. And you're destroying the morale of the students by showing them we really don't have the evidence. It's all based on hypothesis. <laughs> wow. That's quite the statement. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I belong here. I need to go elsewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I moved on. Anyways, getting back to terrain versus um, germ, I said I was born with a genetic disorder. I grew up having seizures. They got worse and worse, with the old, especially with when my period started. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really started to uh, get bad at that point. The grand mal started at that point. And so I had a lot of problems. I was on a lot of drugs. Well, the drugs depleted my system. I gained 80 pounds in six months on one pharmaceutical drug. I'm five feet tall. That's a whole other person. Oh, my God. And and it sounds like it must have had something to do with hormones if it got worse when you start getting your period. They thought that. But what it is, actually, is I don't make GABA. Oh, oh. GABA is your number one neuroinhibitory neurotransmitter. Mm-hmm. One of the five major neurotransmitters. And I don't make it. Oh. So do you take GABA? No. I maybe take one pill a month. Huh. Just natural GABA. Uh-huh. The rest of the time, I just make sure I got enough of the bacteria in my gut that make it for me. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, you're even though my terrain is disrupted, it's not a normal terrain. That's a, a funny word to use, but <laughs> um, it, it's not what's normally recognized. The, if you give the body enough of what it needs, it can function in a healthy way. So going back to naturopathic, what I was going to say is naturopathic rule is you should get sick every two to three years. It should come on fast. You should get really sick and it should be gone within two to three days. Hmm. Because your immune system needs a workout. Just like all your muscles need a workout, so does your immune system. Mm -hmm. So People often will come and say, oh, I've been taking this, that, and the other thing, and I haven't been sick for 10 years. And I go check their immune system. It's like, yeah, you you haven't been sick because your immune system's not functioning. Because when you have a fever, when you have diarrhea, when you have a runny nose, when you have a cough, those are all different ways of your immune system getting rid of a pathogen. And what does Western medicine do? Shuts it off. Stops the runny nose. It stops the fever. It stops the diarrhea. It stops your immune system from functioning in a healthy way. So it becomes more and more depleted if you don't mm, use it. Interesting. Now think of another thing that was really big during this narrative. Wash your hands. Oh, God. (laughs) I became really good at all the all the sanitizing stations. I I became really good at faking it. (laughs) No kidding. Even in hospitals years ago, I used to go to hospitals and say, look, you are depleting the immune system of the nurses that you're forcing to use these hand soaps. Mm -hmm. Yes, your hands have more germ on them than any other part of your body. But that's your ability. That's like having a minor vaccination constantly. It allows your immune system to develop antigens. That's a really good thing. Putting your hands to your face like children do, mm-hmm. that enhances their immune system's capacity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When we keep their hands away from their face, when they don't not allowed to play, <laughs> and when they're constantly being washed, you're washing away all that natural bacteria, natural oils, and the body's immune system's capacity to function. The Western medicine system has taught us 
how to be ineffective and how to deplete our immune system so that the germ can take over and then they get money having to give you a vaccination. Well, and right now it seems like that's all, that's all they're, I mean, for two years that are longer, that's all they've been saying works is, is, you know, get a shot, get a shot, get a shot. Uh, but I think there's enough information out now about things like ivermectin and, you know, other uh, hydroxychloroquine, you know, all these things that actually work, but still all they're saying is the only thing that works is to get vaccines. And, and that's what a lot of the lawsuits are against. We've won apparently over, if you go to Action for Canada, uh, Tanya has said that um, she runs that uh, initiated Action for Canada. Mm-hmm. There's over 700 lawsuits internationally that we've won. Because really? is false. There's no science for what they say. And the information that they give is false. All the um, hospitals and medical uh, boards across Canada have taken down all the stats on the coronavirus because it was working against them. <laughs> There's a 74% increase in uh, diseases and in deaths excess 74% excess that's above and beyond what normally we see across all diseases disorders dysfunctions including death across the board the jab does not protect you from anything it hijacks your immune system and leaves you vulnerable to just about anything so it's not just your immune system it hijacks all kinds of systems throughout your body mm-hmm. and consequently diseases right across the board have a 74% increase rate well, and look at, I mean, it seems like cancers, just uh, especially cancers that have been in remission, it's like they just flare up all of a sudden and the person's passes away really quickly. It's Why is that? Because when you're making about a million cancer cells a day, in a healthy, normal body, you're making about a million cancer cells a day. Mm-hmm. Your immune system, the tr- uh, tumor necrosis factor, natural killer cells, glutathione, etc. Your immune system has to keep that under control. If your immune system's been hijacked, it can't do that. If you've already had cancer, you're already susceptible, mm-hmm. right? Your immune systems, and if you had chemotherapy or radiation, you're even more susceptible now because it, the immune, the uh, chemotherapy and the radiation have also impacted on your immune system Mm -hmm. there was a study done around 2005 and it was over 3,000 oncologists in north america were asked if they got cancer would they take chemotherapy and 90 percent of them said no duh (laughs) i'll take you down another side street on that when i was 22 i think i said earlier i had an ovarian tumor the size of a heart ball They told me on a Friday afternoon, I need surgery immediately Monday morning. There was no questions, no explanation, no conversation, just nothing. This little oriental doctor, she walked, waltzed into the room, said, well, you saw this and did this and blah, blah, blah. And so we have to go in right away. It's fatal. So go out and make an arrangement. I'll see you Monday morning in the hospital. Mm. I never went and made the arrangements. I wandered out to the parking lot my husband was sitting in the car waiting for me and he's honking at me and i get in the car and he said my god looks like you saw a ghost what the hell did they tell you i told him and he sat there looking like he saw a ghost the two of us are sitting in the car staring out the window not knowing what to say i suddenly said well take me to see mom 
Well, that gave him something to do. He got him engaged away. <laughs> Takes me over to my mom's office. She's a forensic librarian. And I walk into her office and she says, oh, my God, it looks like you've seen a ghost. What the hell did they tell you? I said, that's what Daniel just said. Anyway, she says, well, do you want it? I said, well, of course not. What a stupid question. She said, well, then get rid of it. What she meant was go have the surgery and get rid of it. Mm-hmm. In my mind, it was an interpretation. Get your body to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Said, well, yeah, that makes sense, of course. So I would go home. I already had 15 people. By the time I was 22, I had 15 people die that were close to me, and most of them from cancer. So it was a real oh. shock to my system. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I go home and I phone Dr. Loeffler. He's an osteopath, naturopath, and he says, well, what kind of cancer? Well, I thought all cancer was cancer. That's like 40 years ago. <laughs> and he said, well, no, but can you tell me? What can you tell me about it? I said, all I know is it's in my right ovary, and it's the size of a hardball. And I've seen it on the ultrasounds and they've done the blood test and they had the operation, the laparoscotomy, and they tested it in the laboratory and blah, blah, blah. He says, okay, well, I need you to go on a beta-lane diet. Well, what the heck is a beta A what diet? Beta-lanes are in beets. There's 72 different beta-lane compounds. The eight most powerful ones are in beets. Oh. So my husband being very cooperative, we ate beets, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the week, <laughs> week, everything, every way you can imagine to have beets, we had beets. And we didn't eat beets for 20 years after that, but during that, <laughs> we had a lot of beets. Now, my parents had already lost two boys, very young, one at two and one at seven. So oh. you can imagine the extent of family that are phoning me every day, for God's sakes, what's wrong with you? You're in denial. For, you know, go get the operation. What are you doing to your parents, et cetera, et cetera. So three and a half weeks later... I went in for another laparoscotomy. I thought if I could show that they were at least decreasing, the tumor at least was decreasing in size, they might get off my back. Right. Mm-hmm. There was a problem with the surgery. They couldn't find the tumor. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So last year, year and a half ago, January, end of January, on my system, brain tumor kept coming up. Mm. Oh shit, 40 years later, and I got another tumor. So it kept coming up. I thought I better go in and check it out. Yep, definitely got brain tumor. They want to do surgery. Nope. This time it took me till June. I had to do a different kind of protocol, different type of tumor, cancer. But by June, it didn't show up anymore. Haven't got one now. Wow. So as much as it was 40 years apart, entirely different place of the body, Mm -hmm. it still got rid of it. Hmm. And did you did you eat beets again? I did, but I, it was a whole bunch of other things I had to focus on besides the beets. But I did include beets. Um, brain tumors, uh, different cancers have different causes and different ways to deal with them. Okay, a lot of turmeric because there's common denominators across most tumors with cancer: uh, the um, cellular membrane, the DNA, and the angiogenesis, uh, creating new blood vessels. So. I dealt with it from that perspective, but mm-hmm. it took me five months and I got rid of it. Good for you. I didn't even tell anybody until it was gone. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want people to worry. I didn't want any negative energy around it. Right, right. All right we're just going to heal and the body knows how to do this and I'll give you what you need and just go ahead and do what you need to do and we'll get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Now I tell everybody about it, but wouldn't right. ran. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So again, it comes back to if you have a healthy terrain, cancer is not usually considered a germ, although I think germs can cause cancer. Uh, There's a variety of things that can cause cancer. But even then, with a healthy terrain, we got rid of it. Mm -hmm. 
So again, wow. we, from no matter what angle you come from, the terrain is hugely important. The most important. I would say. Especially now when there, I mean, there's so many poisons uh, that are trying to uh, trying to break us down. I mean, it's it's just everywhere. Between um, your three G, four G, five G, and we know how detrimental those are all to the body and all the different calcium channels and, and just a whole mass of different things that it destroys. Uh, then you got the toxins in the air, the water and the ground. So now you have toxins in your food. You have all your cleaning products that are toxic. It's pretty much impossible to get away from a toxic environment. Mm-hmm. So, and now the, on top of that, they want to add this jab with the graphene oxide that destroys anything in its pathway, the spike protein that attaches to your ACE2 receptors. And we actually even know that there's 12 nucleic acids and um, amino acids that they've altered in the spike protein. Wow. To do the harm that it's done. The bat, what she's called the bat lady. She's yep. uh, title for she's written umpteen articles and bragged about how they've done this um it attaches to your ac2 receptors which are most commonly found on immune cells your mast cells your t-cells your b-cells uh your macrophage is one so what's the macrophage let's go into that one okay macrophages are like little pac-man that go around and eat up the bad stuff (laughs) okay Mm -hmm. every system has its own macrophages But the macrophages throughout the body can be divided into two categories, your M1s and your M2s. Your M1s basically do the pro-inflammatory process. And you have to have, you know, people think, well, why do you want to get inflammation? Well, if there's any toxin or harm or infection to the body, you have to start with a pro-inflammatory process. Mm -hmm. You send out the chemokines, the cytokines, to tell everybody in the body, come to the party, we need to have a fix-up repair party. And you might need to, you know, expand the arteries, vasodilation to get all the nutrients there to do the healing that needs to be done. So the pro-inflammatory process is important. And that's your M1s that direct that. Okay. Once you've gone through that, your healing process is now ready to start. Now you go into your anti-inflammatory process. Well, that's your M2s. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what's being attacked in the system? Not your M1s, your M2s. The anti-inflammatory. Well, we've already been saying for the last two, three, four decades that inflammation is a silent killer. Mm -hmm. Now, it's a way more important silent killer than it ever was before because your M2s have been attacked. Now, your T-cells and your B-cells and other cells in the immune system, your mast cells, etc., they've also been attacked, but nothing like the M2s. So wherever you've got the inflammation starting to try and heal, it can't do anything, can't resolve. Wow. Because your immune system's been attacked. Again, golly gee whiz, that's part of the terrain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, the interesting thing about that is we do have ways to resolve it. And I think that was the other thing you wanted me to address today. Yes, yes, please. So you've probably heard that there are uh, things like pine needle extract. Mm -hmm. Be very careful. You know, pine needle is phenomenal. It's been known in naturopathic medicine or herbal medicine for decades. It can alter damaged DNA. So it can turmeric, actually. So people were running around going out and finding pine needles and making pine needle tree. <laughs> I was doing that. <laughs> that can be very dangerous. 
I mean, if you want the lucky guys, you got the good stuff. But it's like going out and collecting mushrooms. There's like, what, 18,000 different types of mushrooms, species, mm -hmm. categories of mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And do you know the difference well enough to know which mushroom is toxic, which is can cause psychosomatic illnesses, which can be fatal or which are really beneficial? I won't even pick mushrooms out of my garden because I don't know the difference. Well, I'll grow mushrooms mm -hmm. in a contained environment where I know that's a turkey tail and that's a shaga and that's whatever. But I won't go out into the wild or into the even into my gardens and just pick them because I'm not good enough at differentiation to be able to tell which ones cause which kind of effect. Right. Yeah, I'm not either. But I did study up on the pine needles to know which one. And, and I did find a tree. But I I, I was drinking the tea. And then I, I listened to uh, Cliff High. And mm -hmm. Cliff said something about the pine needles and how they can be toxic and stuff. And so I stopped. <clears throat> right. And so what I was going to say was as much as I'm telling people be very, very careful, do your research before you go collect your pine needles are actually the uh, shaminic acid and the schemic acid can also be found in certain cedars and other trees as well. Mm -hmm. But you have to know which ones to pick. Right. I bring mine in. I bring about four liters of pine needle extract in from Germany. Mm. That's it. They get it in a very, very high quality and it's found in a forest that's not been contaminated. Oh, interesting. Okay. So that we use, that's what we use. Now, I also said... Uh, let's back up a little bit. This um, spike protein can affect your DNA within six hours. Oh my goodness. So we do want to take care of that. Well, one of the things we give is the pine needle extract and turmeric has also been known to work with over 700 different uh, DNA uh, genetic genes. So your genes, if you very conceptually, they're like off on switches. It's what you're mm -hmm. born with, you die with, but you don't necessarily die with everything that was turned on or off <laughs> in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And toxins and free radicals and all the rest of that kind of stuff can turn off certain genes. Well, turmeric, clean turmeric can turn them back on again. Oh. So the thing with turmeric is 80% of the world's sources of turmeric are toxic. We keep oh. coming up to that. So my turmeric has actually gone through, and you can get it online through Amazon, I believe. It's called Savanti, S E. W-A-N-T-I. Savanti turmeric has gone through three different laboratories to make sure it's clean. Now, that's great. That's the first step. But turmeric, the curcumoids and turmeric are very difficult to absorb. So what we need to do is mix it, heat up some either avocado oil and or coconut oil because the fats in avocado and coconut oil attach to the curcumoids so they can cross the mucosal membrane of your gut into the portal blood and go up to your liver. Now we have a third issue. Once it's in the liver, it's hard to metabolize. The liver needs pepperine compounds. Mm -hmm. So with the heated oil, and you put in enough of the Savanti turmeric to make a paste, and then you put in pepper to paste to taste. Now I'll tell you just to put in as much pepper as the body wants. You taste it, you determine it, because the body is very wise. It knows what it wants. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now you can either take it internally, or say if you've got cancers, skin cancers or tumors near the surface, you can put it on the skin and it will actually help your cancers. Oh, interesting. And I assume you could use MCT oil too, yes? Um, you can. I'd rather people didn't because MCT oil is better cold than heated. Oh, okay. Okay. So I do use MCT oil. I use it on my salads. Mm-hmm. 
But avocado and coconut oil, you can heat up. Now, yes, MCT is usually taken from coconut, but the testing mm-hmm. that we've done, it has more effect if it's cold. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. So putting it in your coffee isn't the best way to use it. No, coffee's not good anyways. Just one? Just one? <laughs> Coffee, like strawberries, like any of your cannabis, have compounds in them that absorb all the toxins in the soil. So, for instance, when I'm using hemp, and I sell the best hemp oil, I think, in Canada, they send me a soil sample every year to make sure it's clean soil. Mm -hmm. In addition to which, we have patents on the processing and the packaging of it so that it doesn't deplete your amino acids. Hemp oil is fantastic because it has all your 21 amino acids, your protein building blocks, both hmm. essential and non-essential. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Now, I would think hemp seed. Hemp seeds too? Hemp seeds are okay, but if you're low in amino acids, if you're vegan or vegetarian, you should be taking hemp oil because the amino hmm. acids are much more bioavailable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So now let's go back to coffee. They all have a compound, different compounds that absorb all the toxins in the soil. Coffee and commercial strawberries compete for first place out of the dirty dozen every I grow my own strawberries. <laughs> there you go. Now they're healthy for you. Mm-hmm. I actually have them in our garage garden as well as in our outside garden. Nice. Um, but coffee is not. Even and if it's organic? How organic is organic? Um, well. Again, we're looking at the soil and the water and the air, so I don't know. Right. I don't drink coffee. I never have. So it's not an issue for me. I just tell people, you know, be careful with that coffee. It's really hard on the adrenals, mm. hard mm-hmm. on your gut. Um, they, I know at one time, like every seven years, they come up with something in coffee trying to market it or an MLM company trying to do something with it. Mm-hmm. I think it was B, either B5 or B6 that they said, wait, this is like 20 years ago. That coffee was good for you because of it. And in naturopathic college, we worked it out, and you would have to drink like 975 cups of coffee a day in order to get sufficient, <laughs> whether it was B5 or B6. And of course, you're getting all that toxin in the process, so that didn't work. Then there was some years later as well, it has um, omega 3s in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but omega 3s are susceptible to heat. <laughs> Pour that boiling water on them, you've destroyed them all. Mm-hmm. Like every time they come up with something, it's like, okay, but put it in context, people. This doesn't, this doesn't mm-hmm. work. Coffee's not good for you, period. Uh, well, I only drink one a day anyway, just a little bit in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and people come in and they've got adrenal fatigue and what have you. And they say, but it's just one cup a day, Holly. Like, yeah, well, it's your adrenals. You're already fatigued and you're tired all the time and you, you know, if you want to get your adrenals to heal, which takes quite a while, uh, naturopathic rule of thumb is it's a good two years. My average is about eight months. But um, if you want it to heal, drinking that coffee is like pouring toxin on, toxic poison onto them. Get rid of the coffee and come back to it when your adrenals are healthy. Then you can do your 80-20 rule. But when something is unhealthy, that's not fair to the system, in my yeah. mind. Yeah. I it's like you. a diabetic eating sugar. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Okay, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we wanted to quickly go over with the um the spike protein attaching to the ACE2 receptor. So every cell has tons of receptors on it. And it's, it does attach to other types, but the predominant 
uh, probability is the ACE2 receptor. Once it attaches to that receptor, it needs what's called a protease enzyme to cleave off. That means it, it, the enzyme has to take off a piece of protein so that the spike protein can slide into the cell through that receptor. Mm, okay. okay. That's actually called a furin protease enzyme. So what we can do is we can inhibit and neutralize the and two different processes, the furine um, pro, protease enzyme, so that that doesn't work. If it doesn't work, then the spike protein can't get in. It's attached, but it can't get in. And it needs to get in in order to use our cellular tools to replicate. So that's one thing we can do. In addition to the furine protease enzyme, we can actually inhibit the spike protein itself. How? We can neutralize the spike protein and then, of course, we can detox it. Mm-hmm. Now, the other component is the graphene oxide. Mm-hmm. That I'm even more concerned about. Because now, I don't know, have you heard that some labs aren't even finding any spike protein? They're not finding any mRNA in the in the vials of vaccine. That's been well established. That's actually been used in lawsuits that we've won. There's three different types of uh, injections of jabs. And of course, we don't call it a vaccine because they had to change the definition in order to create it, <laughs> something that they could include it under. So it's a jab, it's a bioweapon that's well established. And there's three different types. That doesn't mean the company that's producing it means there's three different types of jabs. One is a saline solution, which usually has graphene oxide in it. The second one is an annual flu shot. And we know for the annual flu shots, they've been using graphene oxide in them for about six, seven years. So oh. probably it's a flu shot that's probably reaching its shelf life, which is why they're using it, and it has graphene oxide in it. The third type is the one that has the spike protein, and along with the spike protein, it has either a low, a medium, or a high level of graphene oxide. Now, if you talk to like even Dr. Steve Pallack, I challenged him on this one. Oh, Holly, it's just got a minute level. Now he's perfectly against the jab. But his comment was it has a minute level of graphene oxide. And my attitude is that is ridiculous. That's, a, in my mind, an incredibly ignorant answer because graphene oxide is now in cheap soap, shampoos, and conditioners. It's in your food packaging. It's in your, your dyes for your hair. And it's even encapsulation of prescription drugs. Some people are claiming it's in the chemtrails. For crying out loud, we've surrounded with it. And it destroys your glutathione. That's hugely important because glutathione is a compound that is involved in more processes in the body than any other compound. And we're having all these different ways that it's getting depleted. And that is probably why a year and a half ago, they already had eight booster shots set up to keep depleting your glutathione. Your glutathione goes down, anything and everything in your body can go down. In fact, 20 years ago, Scientists that were working with glutathione were saying there isn't a disease, disorder, dysfunction that we know of that isn't associated with low glutathione, whether that's the cause, a process that happened along the way, or the final result, all diseases, disorders, and dysfunctions are associated with low glutathione. And what are they doing? They're destroying your glutathione with the graphene oxide. Wow. Period. End of story. So what do we have to do? Well, then people say, oh, well, you'll take your NAC, N-acetylcysteine. Cysteine mm-hmm. is one of your compounds of glutathione, and we tend to lose it because it's very unstable, which is why they created the N-acetyl some 40-whatever years ago. 
Now anybody and everybody makes it because the patent's over. So mm. stabilize cysteine with the acetyl so that the cysteine can get in the cell so that the cells can make glutathione because it's part of the glutathione complex. Mm-hmm. problem is you shouldn't be taking it for any length of time. And right. I've had people, oh, I've been taking it for two years now. Oh, for crying out loud, get off of it. Uh, other things that can help you make glutathione, milk thistle. Again, that turmeric we were talking about, clean turmeric, as long mm-hmm. as it's got the pots and the, the pepper in with it. So we try and help people increase their glutathione levels um, if they've taken the job, regardless of which one they've taken. Now, if they've taken the one we it looks like their DNA has gotten sideways, then we give them the turmeric and the pine needle extract. Other than that, we give them a variety of things that can inhibit the furon proleza enzyme, which are things like lemons and limes, grapefruits. Mm-hmm. Do that. Elderflower, elderberry can elderflower is better than the berry. So does does making the chloroquine with with the um, uh, the grapefruit and the lemon rinds does that help? I don't know how accurate they are making the hydrochloroquine, but using that formula. And my answer is, I don't care. It's the grapefruit and the lemons that help, anyways. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. If you want a spike protein inhibitor, you can use things like woundwort or neem. Neem cream is phenomenal. Uh, pine needles, we know. And, of course, the ivermectin. Dandelion leaf actually even works for that. Spike mm-hmm. protein neutralizers, the NAC, N-acetylcysteine. As much as that's, we normally give it to help you uh, make the glutathione, it also is said that the NAC will neutralize uh, the spike protein from attaching. Pine needle, again, of course, glutathione. Um, Star anise tea, mm-hmm. fennel tea, comfrey tea, those all neutralize it. They don't eliminate it or detox it, they just neutralize it. Okay. So now once you neutralize, you want to, of course, detox. Well, your vitamin D and C, ivermectin, quercetin, which is great in Granny Smith apples, the skin of Granny Smith apples, mm-hmm. zinc, magnesium, they all help your immune system to detox it. Interesting. Why, gra- why Granny Smith? Well, apples are on a scale from 1 to 10, say. Mm -hmm. At the one end, you have high sugar, you have low fiber, you have low quercetin, and low nutrient value. At the 10 end, you have phenomenal quercetin, especially in the skin. Mm -hmm. You have good fiber, both soluble and non-soluble fiber, and you have good nutrient, high levels of nutrient, and low sugar. So of all the apples, Granny, organic Granny Smith apples are by far the best. Oh, interesting. Thank you. I had no idea. Where would um, Honeycrisp be? That's my favorite. <laughs> uh, that's down at the low end. That's that figures. Fiji, <laughs> yeah. you know, all those sweet apples. Mm-hmm. If apples are sweet, they're at the low end. If they're tart like a Granny Smith, they're at the high end. Mm. Okay, good to so know. Simple. So quercetin is also found, um, we sell quercetin with zinc which mm-hmm. is even better. But I always tell people, let's see if we can get up. Just have a Granny Smith apple every morning around 10 a.m. According to Ayurvedic medicine, you'll absorb more of the nutrient around 10 in the morning. Hmm. Uh, red wine, black and green tea, onions, kale, broccoli, blueberries, they all have quercetin in them. But I would say out of all those, Granny Smith are the best. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. So now we can protect our ACE2 receptors. We know how to inhibit the um, neutralized the uh, furan protease enzyme, and we can inhibit, neutralize, and detox the spike protein. So I have all kinds of people that come in to get it reversed. Mm-hmm. 
Now, what about the um, uh, the graphene Including oxide? Today, doctors and nurses. Uh huh. Doctors, yeah. they'll come in and go, "How come you know all this information and we don't?" And I go, "Yeah, <laughs> good question." And then they start looking at what my machine is doing, what it's telling them about their system. They're going, "Holy shit! How come we don't have these?" And I go, "Yeah, good question." Mm -hmm. It is. It's a very good question. What about the graphene oxide? Graphene oxide basically kills anything in its pathway. And the only thing we know of that can kill it is the glutathione. Glutathione. Okay. Glutathione, like I said, is involved in more processes in the body than any other compound. It detoxes, it chelates, it's an antioxidant. It regulates hormones, regulates your estrogen in your liver for the men. Um, it just does a ton of stuff. Your red blood cells need it in order to take on and release uh, oxygen, carbon dioxide. Across the board, your immune cells, right across the board, on average, they need about 62% glutathione in order to function, in order to learn if there's the cells that need to learn, uh, in order to respond, and in order to recover. Mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter which way you're looking at it. You need to get that glutathione out. Now, the big thing that's been coming out across the news lately, although it started months and months ago, was um, these horrific replicating proteins are finding in the blood cells of people who have passed on and mm -hmm. lately it's been the embalmers who are saying yeah 94 percent increase since the injection and it's all the people that have the jabs that are going through the embalming system that have the these protein replicating things that have metal in them well if they have metal in them it's going to be your glutathione that detoxes them mm-hmm <clears throat> so does glutathione detox metals in general heavy metals yeah mercury okay. aluminum lead you have any metal toxicity will work on your glutathione mm -hmm. but nac you shouldn't take for too long no no mm -hmm. so i'll tell people you know if we still have an issue and we still haven't got your glutathione levels up i'll take you off the nac because it's not the cysteine that's the issue it could be the mitochondria that's not producing the fuel. It could be the methylation cycles in your cell. Because methylation, as much as there's a variety of different types of methylation cycles, mm -hmm. they are involved in about 80% of what a cell does. So do you have enough um, B9 and B12 to help these methylation cycles function? So on our system, we look at what the cells are doing. What about your methylation cycles? What about your mitochondria? What about your DNA? Do we need to look at something else other than simply giving you the cysteine in the NACE? Mm -hmm. Interesting. But if it hasn't come up after taking NAC for a short period of time, then I'm looking at everything else. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. That's what I actually did with my fourth doctorate in nutrition. I identified the biochemistry for cellular healing, and basically it wrapped around glutathione. Uh -huh. Glutathione protects your mitochondria. Your mitochondria gives you your fuel. Mm -hmm. The glutathione protects your methylation cycles. Your methylation cycles give you all kinds of different nutrients that the body, the cells need in order to do different things. And your um, glutathione protects your DNA. So, and wow. then you need all those in order to make glutathione. So that's a very interactive process. So mm -hmm. I have diets for people to go on to make sure they're getting, there's like, I think it was 12, <laughs> this was like 10 years ago, uh, 12 different um, processes in a cell that you need to be functioning in order to make glutathione. 
So we look at making sure that all those processes are functioning properly. Wow. This sounds really powerful. In my mind, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm rather biased, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like for my chronic fatigue, I've done so many things over the years. And, you know, it, it seems like everything helps maybe a little bit, but not not really. I'm not there yet. You know, tired all the time. It sucks. Well, then we should be looking at your mitochondria. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, is there anything that you, uh, I mean, we could go on, we could do, we could do this every week and talk about. And I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. So Holly, oh my goodness. So um, I've been so entranced with what you have to say. Uh, how, how can people connect with you? Uh, how can they get more information? Tell us about your, you know, the things that you do do every week. Well, I do two, three, four presentations a week. But the one that's consistent is newsforthesoul.com, just like it sounds, newsforthesoul.com. Okay. Nicole has, I think, over 300 different people that present either on a weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly basis on the program. But I'm every Wednesday at 12 to 1, 12 noon. Okay. And I've been on there for a good seven years, and all my articles and whatever are um, archived. So if you want to look at the old articles, I talked about a huge number of different things. They are all archived on that site. Okay. Now, the only ones that were being taken down were mine. <laughs> she says, nobody, she says, you're the only one that we have that brings out the truth about what's really going on, does all the research and has all the references for what's going on about the narrative. She says, but I'm so freaking tired of reposting your articles. And I have no idea how they're taking them down. Interesting. So we decided a couple of months ago from now on, I won't write about it. I'll talk about it and how whatever my article is on. Um, I will talk about how that relates to the narrative in some way. Mm -hmm. but I just won't write about it. <laughs> so they can't take the article down. Um, anyways, but so they won't, not can't. Mm -hmm. um, but apart from that, if you go to my website, choicesunlimited.ca, I used to have over 980 articles up there until I started doing research on how corrupt Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, et cetera, work, how they were censoring people. Of course, now we know they censor anybody and everybody in the last two years about the narrative. Mm -hmm. So I took had to go in and save every freaking article. Oh, my so goodness. All taken down from the website. So the website is very, very simplistic and straightforward, has contact information. It has news for the soul and different things like that on it. Um, what it also has on it is my other website, which is Dr. Holly Books, just drhollybooks.com. I've written over 30 books. Not all of them are up there yet. I There's still eight books that different editors are working through. I work faster than the editors do. <laughs> um, so I have written over 30 books. I think there's 20 some odd books on the site. I can't remember. I don't look at things like that. And they're in three different categories. So whichever category fits for you there's a brief on the front of the page telling you briefly what each category is about they're all ultimately about health and wellness in some way mm -hmm. but there's everything from direct uh, they're all written for the layperson okay. although for a long time it was more doctors that read my books than lay people which was interesting mm -hmm. um didn't expect that to happen but there's novels there's all kinds of different books uh, but they're all about health in some way or another so um, if you want contact information, go to choicesunlimited.ca. If you want to listen to 
uh, health programs. And you can always email questions in. Uh, Nicole takes the producer. She takes a series of questions every week and sends them to me in advance so that I can uh, give you answers for your questions. Nice. And if you want to read, then you can go to Dr. Holly Books. I used to also have 48, I think, videos on YouTube, but I think those were all taken down too. And I also had a uh, full health initiative program. I don't even know if that's still functioning. We set that up years ago. Um, But if you wanted to go through that, you might want to look for that as well. That would be on the main page. I never go on to those things. I have a gal that does all the the website information, whatever stuff, and I just never look at it. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like you have enough to do without (laughs) bothering with that. (laughs) I also teach gardening, gardening inside and out, gardening for uh, health, and also garage gardening. So we do uh, a lot of stuff uh, on growing so that you, you're healthy. I think also- that's that's awesome. I mean, this last winter, I got a tower garden. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. And um, so, I, in fact, I just started a bunch of seeds this week to eventually put in the tower garden. And I did this. Um, it's called a revolution garden. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up with black fungus gnats, though, which was really uh, a pain in the neck. But it's two two by four foot, no, uh, two by four, yeah, two by four foot grow trays, and the bottom tray is your your water with your nutrients and your pump, and then the one that's above has um, uh, those uh, clay balls. Um, that they use in hydroponics. Um, right. Yeah, whatever that's called. A, a layer of about a four inch layer of that. And then you put remay on top and then you put the soil with all your amendments in it on top of that. And a timer, let's see, it was 15 minutes every hour for 12 hours would pump the water and the nutrients up and flood flood up to the uh, remay. So the idea is that the roots would grow down only to the remay and then they spread out and they're getting oxygenated and all the nutrients and stuff. And some things grew really well and, and some things didn't, but um, I have one of those as well. Herbs and lettuces tend to grow the best in them. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to the tower garden, my husband and I created one. This is going back, what, 10 years ago. And it has 64 outlets and it had the lights on it. He had a hydroponic above the uh, soil component. He had a, um composting system in the middle and we had it in a kitchen you couldn't smell it it didn't it was just fantastic Mm. it had uh the worms all down the composting system so that the uh red wiggler worms would Mm -hmm. go in compost and take it all out to the soils and keep the soils loose and we'd gone through all the patenting process uh we had to scale it all for making the different pieces and then the directions on how like ikea directions on how to put it together Mm -hmm. And we were just getting to the last stage and about seven of them came out online. Oh, no. And I was like, wow, I guess we missed the boat on that one. Oh, isn't it? It's, fa- it's fascinating how that happens, though, where it, yeah. it does show that we're all connected, you know, on, because things get invented in different parts of the world at the same time. And they're very similar. It's interesting how that happens. Wow. Well, uh, yeah, I think indoor gardening or greenhouses, you know, if you, if you can have a greenhouse, I have a hoop house and I've got cucumbers and tomatoes and peppers. My peppers didn't do very well this year, but um, everybody is saying that um, even my peppers, they I grew lots of them, but they mm-hmm. didn't grow to the normal size. 
Yeah, I didn't get much. And oh, maybe you don't know this because I just learned this. Did you know that peppers are perennials? Yep. Ah, well, yeah, okay. Tomatoes are too. But that I, I'm just learning how to, because they say you can um, grow your peppers, you can save your pepper plants and grow them the next year. So I left the tab open. I haven't watched the whole thing yet, but um, I, I need to find out how to do that because otherwise they're all just going to go to waste because they didn't do much this year. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to figure out how to do that. Well, I now have um, five of them in my garage growing. Mm, mm-hmm. And they're doing so far really well. Wow. So we'll see what happens. I even got cabbage. I got broccoli, beets, turnips, onions, um, squash, zucchini, cucumbers, tomatoes, Beans, bush beans, and pole beans. Um, we've got uh, Brussels sprouts, asparagus. I'm still establishing the asparagus crowns. We've got um, potatoes. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything else else. Wow. Really wow. There's something. Oh, all the lettuces, of course, your kale mm-hmm. and Swiss chard. Yeah. Yeah. So. Would would it be possible? This would be. I don't know if you're up for this, but to take some pictures, I could put them on on the web page for our our conversation. I think people would find it fascinating of your sure. garage garden. Sure. Oh, that would be great. Oh, cool. Okay, I look forward to seeing that. I know my husband's talking about maybe um, setting aside a part of the basement to grow indoors this winter. Um, but <clears throat> his his project list is so long. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens on a homestead. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. It, it never ends. I hope this has been as delightful for the listeners as it has been for me, because I've really, really enjoyed our conversation. And uh, you are not only knowledgeable, <laughs> extremely knowledgeable, but but the way you present the information is delightful and fun. So um, I, I very much appreciate that. Well, good. I appreciate that too. Uh, actually, <laughs> as soon as I finish this, I have to go to what for us is North Van, so about what half hour, forty five minute drive from here, so I can do another presentation just on garage growing. That would be wonderful. I would really like that. In fact, one of the earlier, um, I've been doing this for almost seven years now, and one of the earlier ones I featured. Actually, it was my dental hygienist who has just a small piece of property, and I couldn't believe the amount of food he was growing on there. And it was just beautiful. You know, not only was it abundant, but it was beautiful. And I featured him because he did such a great job and and he grew so much food. I think they only had three quarters of an acre and there was a good size house on it. Okay, well, I'll give you this. We have a house. It's 9,200 square feet for the yard. The house is 3,800 square feet, so it's two floors. Okay. And I have a guest house, and I have another garage for the guest house. I have 22 raised garden beds, 21 berry bushes, 14 fruit trees, and 20, 80 feet worth of grapevines, and 22 raised garden beds. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Do an awful lot. And that's just my, between the backyard, between the house and the guest house. That's awesome. You can do an awful lot in a small area. 
You really can. And in fact, my gardens, well, I, I used to have a, what they call a woofer is somebody who comes and stays and works on your garden and stuff in exchange for food and, and a place to stay. And the guy that I had was just incredible. He was so talented and we had this huge garden, but now that I'm the person who does the garden, I've kept it small, but I still have more food than I know what to do with. So it's great for feeding the food banks. Yep. Yep. Pickling and the fermenting and canning and jarring and everything else you can do as well. Mm -hmm. And I have chickens, so the chickens oh. get uh, <laughs> and ducks and they get a lot of it too. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Yes, they're my family. <laughs> there you go. Oh, okay. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Like I said, this has been a delight and I, I think that you've given us so much information. I've learned a lot. I'm always amazed as to how much more there is. Well, not really, but, you know, as to how much more there always is to learn, no matter how much you think, you know, the old saying, the more, you know, the more, you know, you don't know. Yes, that's true. And that's one of the things that I love about doing this is, you know, having all of these interesting people on who uh, I can learn so much from. It's really great. So the podcast website everyone is once again realjanine.com you can listen to episodes there you can download there are also links for BitChute and uh, rumble and you know i'm sure that you know someone who would find this conversation to be incredibly inspiring and valuable we all need this information it's really important right now and holly has dr holly has shared so much of herself in a lot of different areas. So please, please share the love. We would all appreciate it. Until next time, take care. And as always, be well. Thank you. Take care.